Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse for our final episode of the season. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Last time, Toka the Dragon faced her family, the Council of Dragons. And after they stripped her of her powers and her title as Guardian of Magic, everyone, including Toka herself, learned that she and Montgomery the Moose and Ringo the Unpredictable Horse shared something none of them had ever seen before. The magic of creation. Toka left to create her new life. Meanwhile, Montgomery the Moose and friends had traveled to Italy, where they restored pizza to existence. So now, let's catch up with the other guardian of the group, Ringo the Unpredictable Horse, as he and his group arrive in New York City, believing they need to bring all the world's mice together, without really understanding why. Stay tuned after the story for details about what's to come before Season 5, and, as always, for a way you can join in. So now, here's today's Tale from the Mooseverse. Montgomery the Mouse was determined. As he left 642 BCE with Ringo, Phoebe, Tamar, and Roger, he knew he had an important role to play. They were going to bring all the world's mice together, and as the only mouse in the group, he knew this was finally his time to shine. This was his species. The mice were, somehow, going to fix everything, and he was going to be the one to make it happen. Huh, that's weird, Ringo the Unpredictable Horse said, moments after the group had stepped out of the multicolored glow that transported them through time and space to a cool and clear spring day in New York City. Um, I think we're in the wrong place, Roger the Raccoon said on behalf of the group. She could see water surrounding the land they were on. This looked quite a bit different from the Central Park she remembered. Yes, Unpredictable Horse added, about 30 years too early, too. Holy God, who is that? I've never seen anyone so tall, Phoebe shouted with alarm as she looked up. Or so green, her sister Tamar added. Or metal, Phoebe questioned. It's the butterfly effect, Tamar panicked. Somehow getting rid of pizza created enormous green metal people. Oh, that? Unpredictable horse replied, clearly distracted, and not by the 150-foot-tall statue standing in the middle of the star-shaped island on which they stood. That's just the statue of library or something. Statue? asked Phoebe, clearly relieved. Library? You mean library? Tamar asked. Yeah, that's why she's carrying a book, see? Unpredictable horse said with disregard, clearly looking off the island at the enormous city that dwarfed it across the water. Tamar thought maybe she'd seen a picture of this statue at some point, but before she could ask further about it, the multicolored glow reappeared. Let's try again, Ringo said as the glow swallowed them up. This time, they stepped out onto a raised walkway. Below them to either side were city streets, and Roger picked up on some familiar New York scents, but this still wasn't Central Park. People walking in either direction huffed at the horse and the raccoon appearing in their path. No horses allowed on the high line, shouted one man, as if the horse could understand, which, of course, he could, but the man had no way of knowing that. Hmm, closer, unpredictable horse said. Just a couple of miles away, and only ten years before your time, but not there yet. Waffles, why is this happening, I wonder? 
Can't we just walk there? Phoebe asked. For ten years? Tamar replied. Montgomery the mouse saw a squirrel climb down a nearby tree and skitter along a railing a few feet from them, as if curious about the group of animals. Montgomery had a plan. He'd seen his magical friends do some amazing things in the time they'd known each other. He might not be a guardian of magic himself, but he was confident that he could also make a worldwide impact. Hi, Montgomery the mouse said to the creature, whose eyes widened in alarm. Uh, hi, said the creature. How are we speaking to each other? Don't worry about it, Montgomery replied. Long story, magic, you know, he said to the squirrel, who didn't know. Look, something very important is happening, Montgomery continued. My name is Montgomery the Mouse. I need you to spread the word to every mouse you see that in ten years, all the mice in the whole world need to meet in Central Park. All of them. Like every mouse, everywhere. Uh, what? The squirrel replied. Yeah, it's super important, Montgomery the Mouse confirmed, before adding, mainly to himself, we're just... Not sure why yet. Uh, okay, the squirrel said hesitantly. Great, you're awesome, and you might just be saving the world, Montgomery said, keen to provide encouragement. Oh, okay, replied the squirrel, unimpressed, and skidded away again. The horse was busy pondering why magic wasn't working properly, while Roger, Phoebe, and Tamar explored some old train tracks on the path. They all missed Montgomery's conversation, but just as Montgomery was about to let them know that he'd arranged it all, and that when they got there in ten years, the mice should all be there, Ringo said, Ah, I think I know what's going on. This may have something to do with that butterfly effect Toka talked about. The thing about one small thing that might have catastrophic consequences in the future? Roger asked, impressed with her own words. Montgomery grimaced. Like having a conversation with someone now about the future might just end the world? Tamar asked. Montgomery opened his mouth to speak, but was interrupted by Phoebe. Or like it might destroy the universe? She asked with alarm. Montgomery paused. Yeah, that's the one, Ringo added happily. Montgomery scrunched his face up in anguish. He looked around for the squirrel, but it was nowhere to be seen. Ringo was ready to go. Okay, let me try again, he said. As they teleported, Montgomery the mouse heard the squirrel's voice once more. Hey, just one question, it asked. What's the world? And what's a mouse? But before Montgomery the mouse had a chance to respond, the squirrel was in the past, and the group was inside a cable car dangling over New York's East River on its way to Roosevelt Island in the middle of a heavy rainstorm. The smattering of people in the car screamed with alarm, shaking Montgomery out of his confusion and forcing him to pay attention to where he was. Oops, too far, unpredictable horse confessed. About five years past your time and too far east. Montgomery the Mouse felt relieved. If this was in the future and the world was still here, maybe he hadn't messed up that badly. Ringo said to the group, Maybe this time? They ported again, traveling back in time and in the direction of Central Park, but again overshooting just a little. This time they arrived on the balcony of a fancy apartment overlooking Central Park, in a building known as the Dakota, on a beautiful fall day. Reds and golds flecked the trees they saw down below. Ah! shouted a well-dressed elderly woman in alarm. How did a horse just get here? Who let you in? Get out, horse! Hmm, well, just a couple of years early now, but really close, unpredictable horse said, ignoring the woman. 
but the woman wouldn't be ignored and picked up a fireplace poker to wave it in the horse's direction. But once again, the group ported, and this time, when they came out, it all looked perfect. They were on Bow Bridge in Central Park, the same place where Montgomery the Moose had said those fateful words, no more chocolate, six months earlier. The group was in the right place at the right time. Amazing, Tamar said, still occasionally blown away by magic. Unpredictable horse? Roger? Is that you? Came a voice from the water below. Walter! Most of the group shouted. All except unpredictable horse. The frog scrambled to get out of the water, and the group walked to one end of the bridge to meet him on the shore. Montgomery, Phoebe, Tamar, I didn't see you there too, Walter added. This was the most excitement he'd had in a long time. You're back. I've been waiting. It's been so long. Who are you? Ringo asked curiously. How do you know me? Ha ha, Walter laughed. We're old friends, Ringo. You brought me to Maine. We went to the Realm of Dragons together. But don't worry, that hasn't happened for you yet. Hey, Montgomery the Mouse looked around. Have you seen any mice around? I left a message with someone ten years ago to bring all the mice to Central Park. Oh, yeah, they've been waiting for you. They're in the sheep meadow just over that hill, he said, indicating behind them. Sheep? Montgomery the Mouse asked. It's just a name. It's a field. I mean, quesadilla, right? Walter asked with a laugh. I'll teleport us over, unpredictable horse offered, bringing up an orange glow. Can we just walk? Phoebe asked. I don't want to end up on the moon or something. Fair enough, Ringo said with disappointment. But you're missing out. The moon is awesome. As the group made its way to the sheep meadow, invisible to the people around them, save for Ringo, who enjoyed people looking at him with curiosity, the small creatures enjoyed the view riding on Ringo's back. Montgomery turned to Walter and asked, Hey, where's Wheezy? She's around somewhere, he replied. She got a little tired of the lake and likes to hang out at the reservoir further north of here. I haven't seen her for a while. But I thought you two couldn't be separated, Montgomery the mouse said sadly. Yeah, well, I knew you'd be coming back sometime. Ringo mentioned the whole mice thing when we first met, and I didn't want to miss it, so I've been in the lake all year. But Wheezy, she... Just got a little tired of it. Wanted to live her own life, she said. You've been waiting there all year? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the kind of creature who has my own adventures. I'm not one of the important magical creatures, you know. I'm just small. Montgomery the Mouse felt deeply sad. It was heartbreaking to hear his friend talk that way, and yet he knew exactly what he meant. Sometimes he felt like that too, especially around his best friend who seemed to be so amazing and important that he was chosen by magic itself to be its guardian. He secretly hoped that all their magical adventures could be over soon and they could just go back to being creatures that lived together deep in the woods of Maine. But of course, he could never say that out loud. Hopefully this gathering of all the mice will help fix everything, he thought. If only we knew how. So, there must be a lot of mice, right? Montgomery asked, trying to renew his excitement. Um, Walter replied, I mean, ten years is plenty of time. Even if the squirrel had mentioned it to just a dozen or so mice, they would have spread the word to their family and other mice they knew, and those would have spread the word to their family and other mice, and those would have... There must be millions of mice by now. Well, Walter said, shrugging and scratching behind his head with his front foot. 
Well, all right, maybe they couldn't get everybody, but we can round up the stragglers. There must be, I don't know, thousands and thousands. I mean, the people of New York must be freaking out, right? I'm not sure freaking out is the right word for it, Walter replied. More like confused? Well, yeah, fair enough, Montgomery replied. I mean, it must be confusing to see millions or thousands of mice taking over the whole sheep met. Here we are, Ringo announced and stopped. In front of them was a large, flat, grassy field. They all stared at it for a few moments. Where are the mice? Montgomery the mouse queried. Ah, I know, you've made them invisible, haven't you? He said to Ringo. That's a good idea. Well done. No, Ringo replied. I haven't made anything invisible. There they are. Where? Ringo the unpredictable horse walked them over to the center of the field, where a low, flexible fence surrounded a tiny mouse hole in the ground. Three mice scrambled in the unmowed grass around the hole. Ah, of course, Montgomery said. They're underground. Genius. As they got close, Montgomery ran down Ringo's leg and over to the mice, who stopped and stood in place to look at him. Montgomery's friends followed him down. Greetings, Montgomery the mouse bellowed. I am Montgomery. The time has come. Please bring everyone out. Montgomery felt pleased with himself as he looked out onto the group of sentries, eager to see the rest of his species. One of the mice leaned over the hole and shouted into it, Georgie, there's someone here. Montgomery felt confused as the mouse known, apparently, as Georgie came out of the hole and joined the group. No, no, bring everyone out, Montgomery said. It is time. After ten years, the time has come. It's just us, one of the mice said finally. What? Montgomery asked incredulously. Yeah, just us, said another. But ten years ago... Yeah, we know. You told a squirrel, and she told some mice. Uh, great-great-great-great-grandparents or something? Hard to keep track. They told every mouse they knew, but, you know, I guess no one believed them or something. Montgomery's heart sank. He thought he'd have been able to make a huge impact. Instead, there were only four mice. Not the whole worldwide population. Not millions. Not even thousands. Four. He wanted to burst into tears. What a failure. That is amazing, Ringo shouted with excitement. Look at that. You had one conversation with one creature once and it lived on for generations. It got passed down from parents to children over and over again. Because of you, these four creatures are here. Unbelievable. It's like you gave the squirrel a... Ooh, what's the word? It's like a a thing about the future that comes true. Like a prophecy? Phoebe asked, aware of the irony. Prophecy, is that what it's called? Oh, I love that word. I'm going to use that. Ringo turned back to Montgomery, who was taken aback by his excitement. Ringo continued, truly amazing. You, my friend, don't realize your own power. Huh. Montgomery the mouse responded quietly. So what's the deal? One of the mice asked. No, no, it's quesadilla, Walter corrected. But suddenly, Ringo's eyes glazed over, and he froze in place. The assorted creatures all looked at Ringo, and he appeared to glow. He was suddenly connected through time and space with both Montgomery the Moose in Italy in 1792 and with Toka the Dragon, who sat outside time and space in a place called the Caldera. Energy flowed around Ringo. He felt power, and he felt creation. 
The ground rippled in confusing ways that didn't make sense and that no one, apart from this small group of friends, seemed to even notice. And then it was over. What was that? Montgomery asked. A family of humans walked across the field close by. One of them held a familiar square cardboard box, and in their hands, some of them held... Pizza! Roger exclaimed. Oh, sweet, glorious pizza! And she immediately ran over to the family. One of the kids panicked and dropped her slice, which Roger pounced on, causing great upset. Everything's back? Phoebe asked. Not everything, Ringo said distantly. But Toka's okay. She's actually pretty amazing. I have a feeling you'll see her again. And yeah, pizza's back, but not chocolate. And not swarana. I still don't know how to get swarana back, but I do know how to get chocolate back now and make it all new. But Montgomery the Moose isn't going to like it. And come to think of it, neither is Ruth. Will someone please tell us what's going on? Georgie the Mouse demanded. Montgomery felt it was his responsibility, so he took some time to explain the long, convoluted story as simply as he could. But when he turned around, the view had changed dramatically. Montgomery, he shouted. His best friend, Montgomery the Moose, was there, along with Ruth, Bobby, Fred, Mr. Toucan, and behind them, Alamina the spaceship. Ringo, Phoebe, Tamar, Roger, and Walter joined in on the reunion, and they all celebrated the return of pizza and the freedom of Toka, wherever or whenever she was. They all caught up and filled each other in on their adventures. But off to the side, Montgomery the Mouse saw Ringo talking to Fred, and then, in a multicolored glow, they were gone. Where did they go? Montgomery the Mouse asked. Well, Ringo said he needed to go create the world's first chocolate shop, Phoebe announced to the group. In Maine? The group's confusion gave way to Ruth, who chuckled. He's going to close a loop, she said. What? Montgomery the Moose asked. Oh, my son, Ruth said gently. I couldn't tell you earlier because you might have changed things, but he's the one who turned me to chocolate in the first place. And now he needs to do it again. But since chocolate never existed, he's doing it for the first time, creating chocolate newly, a brand new discovery in the 21st century. Chocolate in Maine. Moments later, the ground rippled just as it had done before. Again, no one outside of the group of friends seemed to notice and just rippled on their way across the field. In the breeze that followed, a foil and paper food wrapper blew through the air, settling on the ground directly in front of Montgomery and Montgomery. The whole group sensed that this was important. Phoebe and Tamar, the only members of the group who could read, held onto it to flatten it out. What is it? asked Roger. Phoebe started. It says, Montgomery chocolate. The taste of Maine, Tamar read excitedly. The magical taste sensation taking the world by storm? Phoebe added doubtfully. The group's eyes widened. What? was the general response. Tamar laughed hysterically at something she saw on the wrapper and eventually calmed down enough to explain. It says, when you're done, you'll say, no, more chocolate. The group shared in the laughter. Montgomery the Mouse scrambled to try and taste any crumbs, but the wrapper was empty. Ah oh well, he thought. I can wait a little longer. Montgomery the Moose smiled and sighed with relief. His friend Ringo had seen a way. Montgomery himself had tried everything he knew, and it was only when he let go 
that his friend was able to step in and create in a brand new way that would never have even crossed Montgomery's mind. That's it, he exclaimed. That's the key. What do you mean, the group asked. That's why we're bringing the mice together. It's not about bringing chocolate back. It's about what's next. Huh? Montgomery the mouse asked. Why? What's next? The magic of creation, Montgomery the moose replied. It's not just for me and Toka and Ringo. We need to distribute it around the world. Everyone should have it on every continent, in every country. That's why magic chose me. Not because of anything I would do with it, but because I have incredible friends who will make the world a better place for everyone. To be continued in Season 5 of Tales from the Mooseverse. But before then, stay tuned to the Tales from the Mooseverse podcast feed for a series of spin-offs, one-off or short story series focusing on a variety of characters in the Mooseverse. Wonder what's happening with Toka? Or El Ocho Loco's journey through history? And now that the Cape Cod has been brought to life on Cape Cod itself, what might he get up to in his new life? How about the group of Canadian creatures we saw briefly in this season, including Montgomery the Canadian Moose and Lincoln the Wolverine? And what happened to Kangarex? Or the Bobby and Spaceship who are on their way to Madagascar, determined to change the culture of their people? Let us know which stories you want to hear, whether it's about these characters or others in the Mooseverse. Email us at hello at mooseverse.com to let us know. And also let us know what you thought of this episode, too. We have a number of upcoming StoryLab online writing classes for kids on outschool.com, including one about making your own podcast. We also have classes on the hero's journey, writing time travel stories that make sense, and our main StoryLab course, the Story Growing Exploratorium. We'd love to see you at any or all of them. Visit outschool.com and search for StoryLab or by the teacher name, Ian Jackson. We'd also love you to write a review of Tales from the Mooseverse on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help our podcast find a new audience. You can do it right in the app. Or share it with your friends or on websites that might reach people who'd be interested. We'd always love to welcome more people into the Mooseverse. And of course, we'd love to hear your stories about these characters or about any others you'd like to write. Send us your stories. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. Email yours or any other comments or questions you have about Tales from the Mooseverse to hello at mooseverse.com. Mooseverse.com is also where you can sign up for our regular newsletter, including writing tips and all the latest Tales from the Mooseverse news. As always, we're looking forward to reading your stories. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you in the mini-seasons and again in Season 5 of Tales from the Mooseverse. <laughs>